You are listening to The Close of the Heart, an Ash Wednesday sermon by Pastor Bay Allen. Hello there. Greetings on this Ash Wednesday. The word Lent means long spring days. It commemorates the 40 days Jesus spent in the desert where he was led or driven, as some translations put it, shortly after his baptism, shortly after his epiphany. It was in the desert that he was tempted by Satan. It was in the desert, in his solitude, in his reflection, in his fasting, that Jesus prepared himself for his ministry and ultimately the redemption of mankind. Ash Wednesday is the start of the Lenten journey of 40 weekdays, Monday through Saturday, that takes the church to the eve of Easter. Ash Wednesday is about corporate penitence and facing our mortality. We confront our mortality, we confront our sinfulness, and we do this together. We acknowledge and embrace our mortality through the imposition of ashes as an outward sign of our inner acknowledgement of repentance, both individual and corporate repentance. We confess and turn away from our uh, our sinfulness through prayer, through reflection. These two actions, prayer and reflection, embracing our mortality and acknowledging and turning from our sin. These are the heart of tonight's service. They are our primary preparation for Holy Communion that follows and the taking up of our personal and corporate disciplines of discipling throughout this season. I encourage you to turn with me in your Bibles or an applicable app on your smartphones to Joel chapter 2, verses 12 through 13. Today's scripture is also on the screen for your convenience. And today I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible, in which we see, The Lord says, Return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend, or tear into two or more pieces, your hearts, and not your clothing. Return to the Lord, your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I've titled this message, The Clothes of the Heart. Are there any shoppers in the house? Anyone who likes to go shopping for clothes? I have a fascination with shopping for clothes. My wife thinks that I own too many clothes. I have a closet full. I need to downsize. I really do. Perhaps you can relate. Perhaps, like me, you have clothes uh, for different occasions. For instance, if I'm going over to a friend's house to watch the game, I've got my favorite jersey to put on, right? If I'm going to Pittsburgh on a non-game day, instead of the jersey, I'll put on a t-shirt. I've got a few of those. I have a few different Pittsburgh Penguins shirts. I have a Pirates hat. I have a Steelers shirt. You know, that's my non-game day Pittsburgh outfits, right? I've even got jammies. If I'm going to sleep, if it's cold, I can wear my Pittsburgh Penguins jammies. They're fleece. And if it's not really chilly, I can wear my Jack Skellington jammies. 
If I'm going out on a date, I have some nice button-down shirts and some nice dark jeans. My wife likes those, dark jeans. That's the secret, guys, dark jeans. But if you're like me, you've got clothes for every occasion. You have your suits. You have multiple dress shirts to go with a neutral sports jacket, perhaps. Uh, Various ties to accentuate those shirts. Maybe brown belts, black belts. Some shoes to match. There's, there's something to be said about dressing for the occasion, about looking your best. And sometimes I'm forced to let a favorite shirt go. I'm forced to let a favorite pair of jeans go, a favorite hat go. I'm sure you've been there. That shirt, it gets a little tear in it. The jeans, they get a bit, a big old nasty rip in them, right? And the hat, it gets a sweat stain around the rim. You just got to let it go. Once the clothes become less than pristine, off they go. The heart of today's scripture finds us focusing on this concept. Let's look at our scripture again. The Lord says, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to me. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relents from punishing. Now, to fully dig into this passage of Scripture, I want us to understand something together. Throughout the Old Testament, we see these things come up quite a bit among the ancient Hebrews and other Orientals. uh, To sprinkle with or sit in ashes was a mark or a token of grief. It was a mark of humiliation. It was a mark of penitence. Daniel 9.3 reminds us of this. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make request by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. That's Daniel's posture of prayer. When he comes before the Lord, he comes with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. I want to talk about fasting for just a second. Fasting is not merely giving something up to give it up. Uh, It's not just giving it up to give it up. It is not a fly-by-night whim or a decision of doing something or not doing something because everyone else is doing it or not doing it. Some people I've encountered talk about it a lot. What are you going to give up for Lent, they say. And I kind of get sick of hearing it after a while. I, I actually heard one friend say, I'm giving up, giving up stuff for Lent. Fasting for many people all over the world has deviated from what it, um, what it truly was designed to do. Fasting is not merely giving up something. Fasting is more of a making room for God. It's allowing something that has been taking up space in our everyday lives to leave the picture so that God can enter into that space instead. Fasting is a time of freeing ourselves from what the world says that we need so that we can more fully realize what God wants for us, to realize that God already sees to our every need. Isaiah 58, 3-7 tells us this about fasting. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers, it says. It is a fast that I have chosen, or I'm sorry, is it a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? 
Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would he call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? You see, fasting is not something to do for the sake of doing. It is something to do as a yielding of our lives, a submission of our will. Fasting is not something to do, but a means of experiencing what God can do when we open ourselves fully to him, place our lives on the altar as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to the Lord. The Lord says, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. With weeping, with mourning, be honest with God. Hebrews 4.13 tells us, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to who we must give account. So be honest with God. Come to him with your hurting. Come to him with the injustices that you have experienced, but also come to him honestly with the hurt that you have caused with the injustices that you have inflicted upon others. Come to him with weeping and with mourning. In the Old Testament, you'd see the the people tearing their clothes. Kings even, even King David would tear his clothes and would have sackcloth on. The kings of this time would often wear silk. Nothing is smoother than silk, right? Silk pillowcases are used so your hair doesn't get tangled as you sleep. Silk is one of the most luxurious fabrics that you can purchase. It's expensive even today. But it was even more prized and valuable in the times of King David. But we see King David tore his clothes and had sackcloth on beneath. Sackcloth is similar to burlap. If you've never really worked with burlap, let me tell you, it is itchy. On the fabric spectrum, it is about as far from silk as you can get. And we see that David wore sackcloth. He tore his kingly garments. This was a reminder, a physical reminder for David, a visual reminder for his subjects and for himself that he should not be exalted for the things he has done, for the person that he was renowned to be, for the mighty deeds that he had accomplished in his lifetime, for the multi-million dollar corporation that he successfully led and built up, the sackcloth was a reminder. The tearing of clothes was a reminder that in the presence of God, he was unworthy. Even the kings of this world are seen as paupers when juxtaposed with the magnificence of the Almighty. But God says, rend your hearts and not your clothing, Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. God doesn't want the actions. God doesn't want empty expressions and going through the motion observances. God wants our hearts, okay? He wants our hearts. Rend your hearts before God. Allow them to break before God. Intentionally disclose the secrets of your hearts so that just like with fasting, he may fill your heart with him. Treat these ashes in for beauty. Wear forgiveness like a crown. Coming to kiss the feet of mercy, I lay every burden down. It's a Catherine Scott song. Rend your heart, not your clothes, because it is the clothes of the heart that God sees, not our kingly silk and satin, 
not even the burlap or the sackcloth. God sees the clothes of the heart. Wear his forgiveness. Be clothed with his mercy, with his peace. Put on Jesus. Put on the new man, the new creation. You see, there are ashes. We will come forward in just a moment to put ashes upon our heads. Just as our brothers and sisters have done predating King David, we will put ashes on our heads to remind us that we are of the dust. To the dust we shall return. Our actions, our sinful actions and shortcomings are of the dust. And to the dust we shall return. Our hopes and aspirations and dreams are of the dust. And to the dust we shall return. But beyond the ashes of this world, Yes, we were fashioned of the dirt, of the dust, of the ash, but then God breathed the breath of life into us. We were fashioned of the dirt and the dust and the ash, but we were made in his image, not the image of the dirt. We were made in his image, and he breathed his breath of life into us. Not so that we would return to the dust, but so that we may live in him so that we may forever live with him who formed us for great works, for great things. So we'll place the ashes on our heads as a reminder, not so much of what we've done, what we haven't done, but a reminder of where God is leading us onward from. He is leading us out of the desert, out of the ashes, into the magnificence of the Almighty, As you receive your ashes, you may remember that he is calling you further, calling you deeper, all the while calling you his own creation that he loves and whose love will never fall short, nor will it fail. Clothe your hearts with Jesus and you will find forgiveness, mercy, and peace. Would you pray with me? Dear God, we just pray that you will Remind us where you are leading us from. That we are not intended to remain in this desert, in this dirt, in this ash. But we are to take on the the Almighty. We are to take on your love, your mercy, your grace. The power that you you are empowering us right now, Father. And we pray that you will give us hands to grab a hold. Give us a heart to beat more and more like yours so that we may share with this world that this isn't the end. This is where you are leading us from. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.